and welcome to the first of three episodes in the Apostles' Creed Lenten podcast miniseries at First Lutheran Church. My name is Lindsay Gray, and I'm the chair of the Education and Discipleship Board. Today we'll discuss the first article in the Creed, I Believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth. I'm joined on this episode by Pastor Jeff, Alice Masters, Caitlin Tooley, and Eric Sather. Welcome, and thanks for joining me. It's good to be with you today. I think this is going to be a fun discussion for our first podcast for Apostles' Creed. So, the question is, the Apostles' Creed, right? How did it come to be? Do you guys know this question? Do you know the answer to this? No clue. Yeah, I'm not really sure at all. (laughs) Was it Martin Luther? I don't know. (laughs) No, actually, okay, let's take the name. This actually even causes issues because we call it the Apostles' Creed, right? Um, But the Apostles didn't write it. In fact, uh, it didn't come about. uh, It was an oral tradition. Um, It certainly spoke to what the Apostles believed and what they taught beyond the time of Jesus' ascension into heaven. But the church didn't actually recognize it formally until like 390 A.D., so uh, for a long time, it was a way that kind of guided the church. But we have to remember that in, that, in those first centuries after Jesus' uh, crucifixion, the church was trying to figure out a lot of things about who God was and how he functioned and who, who is this Christ, his son, uh, who has come to redeem the world, but how does all that work? Was he 100% God, 100% human? How does that work? You can't have 200% and make 100%, right? It's bad math. It doesn't work that way. So um, the church was trying to figure out its confession and what that meant, and the Apostles' Creed was one of those things that emerged as being a, a unified way of understanding uh, belief together. And, and, of course, anytime we do a confession, it's, it's speaking of truth. It's something that we put our trust in, and that's, that's how the Apostles' Creed kind of came to be. But like I said, it didn't happen for quite a while after Jesus' crucifixion. So we're dealing with this uh, idea of uh, I believe in God the Father, right? Creator of heaven and earth. So we have a couple really bold statements about that. So I thought we would maybe be, maybe kind of dissect that a little bit and start our conversation. Is there anything about knowing how it came to be or, or uh, any of those things that raises a question for you or uh, any of those kinds of things? I'm seeing head shakes. No. (laughs) Run a podcast. You respond. (laughs) I think from my point of view, it was something that I can't remember when I learned it, but it's something that just became rote and is something that I learned and memorized and spoke in um, fellowship with when we're in church every Sunday. And so I don't know when the last time I necessarily thought in depth about what the words actually meant in it rather than just speaking it in fellowship with people in church yeah we we do struggle with things like that of you know one when did we learn it and we know it by rote does it really still inform our life of faith i mean does it really boldly mean something every time we do this i think that's a great perspective Lindsay. that um things that we do every week do we really do they really still impact us when we hear those words and those kinds of things um I'm looking at Eric here because I remember having a conversation with his grandfather before his grandfather died. And um, without giving away too much personal knowledge, I mean, his grandfather struggled with, with memory issues and, and 
and Alzheimer's. And it was the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer. Um, in one of the very last times I saw him before he, before he died, um, I asked him, would you say these with me? And even though he couldn't remember things and those kinds of things, he could speak those things as clearly as I did. And it was just an amazing blessing to have someone do that and to watch that happen. I'm glad you said that because I was actually going to bring that up. Oh, that was actually sorry. going through my mind. No, no, that's perfectly fine. I was going to say a lot of times it gets to be so routine that it gets ingrained in our minds. And yeah, my grandfather suffered from Alzheimer's, yet he still knew that. So he knew every word, yeah. every letter. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was amazing to watch that come out um, in that time. So, uh, yeah. How about you guys? I mean, uh, any other comments or questions about that understanding? Well, not really. I totally me. feel like I haven't been at church in a long time because of COVID. So I kind of thought that it would just be gone from my brain, but we just started saying it and it was like still there. It's like, I feel like it's just going to always be in my brain. It's something that just goes on automatic pilot because I've known it for so long. And I don't even know when I memorized it. And I don't think I even, when I did memorize it, I don't think I actually knew it was memorized. I was just found myself, oh, I'm not reading this out of the bulletin anymore. It's actually in my brain. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an amazing thing that we get. That's, um, it's a part of that Lutheran tradition that I think is awesome because we, we use some of these things very traditionally that way. And that's why I said Martin Luther, because it's so yeah. Lutheran. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no. So let's jump into a little bit of this understanding um, about the Apostles' Creed and what it tells us, how it informs us in a life of faith. You know, this whole concept of God as Father. Um, you know, we hear Jesus very consistently reference the Father or his Father uh, throughout the Gospels and, and the Scriptures. And, you know, what does that mean for us to know God as Father? I mean, God is God, right? So what is that, how does that inform us um, as God as Father? I think that God is the ultimate example of a father. Yes, I had a great father growing up, but um, some people did not. So I think that uh, the ultimate example of a father to me would just be caring, compassionate, loving when, when times are down or rough and always being there for you. And I, I take solace in that fact because a lot of times in this life we struggle, yet God is always there. Yeah. And there always seems to be that willingness to answer the prayers that you send or um, – a place where you can always be heard. Yeah, that's that's good. I, actually, uh, Luther's uh, explanation of the fir first article speaks to that just a little bit. Um, Luther said, I believe that God has created me in, a, in all that exists. He has given me and still preserves my body and soul with all their power. He provides me with food, clothing, home, and family, daily work, and all I need from day to day. God also protects me in time of danger and guards me from every evil. All this he does out of fatherly and divine goodness and mercy, though I do not deserve it. Therefore, I surely ought to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Um, yeah, the, yeah, Eric, I appreciated one thing you uh, said there or just 
kind of brought a thought is not everybody has a good father figure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a struggle when we start to think about that as kind of a bold confession in this. Um, and so, I mean, that's even uh, kind of a question that came up in, in this conversation was, how do you respond to somebody as a believer uh, when they say, you know, my father wasn't good and I don't have a good picture or model of what a good father is, you know, and, and we get to now talk about what God as father means to us versus our earthly fathers uh, in that regards. Yeah, I think the father God is the ultimate example, not your own father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some might push you back and say, well, yeah. he's absent. Yeah. Is he? True. Yeah. No. <laughs> is he? No, he's always there. I mean, this is what I'm no. saying is yeah. you always get this yeah. kind of pushback, you know, yeah, about from, from somebody who doesn't actually have that confession, right? That's why I'm not a pastor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but Eric, I think what you said is, is it, it is both true and it inform, it's informed by your confession. And only you can speak that that way. That's the unique thing. I, I can't, I can reasonably tell you what I believe. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what um, maybe the academic answer for something. But until you have your own confession, which is what a life of faith is, you know, where do you stand on that? So I think what you said is is absolutely true. It's your truth. And I think that's a, a big part of how we are able to converse with others at times about yeah. those things. How about you guys? Now, I know you guys both have good fathers. <laughs> so we're not, here, we're not here to disparage your fathers. Uh, or Lindsay's. I know Lindsay's dad, too. So... Uh, and I have, uh, I, I mean, I know all of your fathers actually, uh, in a in a good way. So, mm-hmm. how about that? How about the idea of God as Father when you have a father that's a good father? It's a little weird to think about, like just the thought of having like two fathers that are both, like the like really strong, um, like good figure, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's just hard to think of two things. Yeah, Alice, any? I feel like anyone who would have to live like without a dad because maybe they didn't have one or something. If you were a believer or something, you might feel less alone because you know that you have your heavenly father too. So yeah. like, it could be maybe a struggle to not have an earthly father. And I mean, I can't relate to this, but someone who maybe didn't have an earthly father figure at home could turn to their heavenly father. And I feel like that's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, even uh, that was something that Luther did say is that we come to our heavenly father in expectation that our father hears us and answers us. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that he answers literally every prayer you ask for? No. No. <laughs> no. Actually, in one way or another, he does, right? He either says yes yeah. or no. Yeah, true. We've all seen Bruce Almighty, right, the movie? When God just says yes, look at how the world goes astray. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of – I appreciate that, Alice, that you have, you have this perspective of um, that God, God is the first father, right? Mm-hmm. That's – um, 
we were having a conversation earlier today talking about, well, actually, it was my devotion today talking about vocation and being a father is a vocation, right? We often talk about vocation being our jobs, but I'm a father, you know, and so I have this role that, that God has put me into with my children and my family and even to others' children's and, and, and family as well. Um, so we get called into these vocational roles and man, I'm, I'm really balancing out a little bit what Eric said here is, you know, we, got, we have this great model of what a good father is and, you know, I can never live up to that. I can never live up to that. Um, but I can keep trying and I know that I can lean into my father for guidance and strength and, you know, not in wisdom and all those things that he expects me to bring to my children or to you even, right? So that's a very different way of of uh, thinking about that. This might be a little off topic, but it's something that I've always struggled with because I'm not a father. I'm not married. I don't have right. kids. But to me, I help out with youth group, and those are my yeah. kids. So that's something that the father has given me, and that's kind of been my calling is to kind of be with those youth like Caitlin and like Alice. So yeah. And I think another part of that is, too, is to realize that not only do you have a heavenly father, but that you're a child of God as well. And so that when we spend these times together, it is like being with your brothers and sisters in Christ, which is also really cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, uh, that's a great perspective, Eric. You know, because not everybody has children of their own. Mm -hmm. uh, but we get called into roles. Uh, I mean, we can we can nerd this out on, uh, on uh, uh, Ten Commandments and say the Fourth Commandment is, you know, those that are put into a position of, fatherly roles or motherly roles even though they're not the actual father and mother i mean we we say you know teachers and youth group and youth leaders and i mean a variety of things yeah. fill into this role this vocational role right so yeah i appreciate you bringing that up i that's a great perspective thanks well um have we kind of hashed out god the father a little bit here Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you guys <laughs> need to talk about or want to talk about with that? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the other part of this article is uh, God, creator of heaven and earth. And uh, this might actually spur a few more uh, conversation points because um, in the creed or because of the scriptures, we understand that God creates by his word, right? He speaks things into existence um, he's the only thing being in all of creation that actually can create something from nothing and he speaks it into existence right well there's a big philosophical challenge in our heads right <laughs> of, of how that works um, but the other part of it is just um, kind of understanding sometimes our role in creation um, I mean, we all understand the creation story, right? You know, God created in six days, seventh day he rested, all of those things that, that we believe in. But is creation always good? No. What do you mean by that, well, Caitlin? Because there's so many bad things in the world. Like, give us an example. Like drugs and uh, every, there's a, bunch of stuff i don't i don't know off the top of my head sure a bunch of stuff but it doesn't take too far to look out into the world and say uh there's challenges about creation yeah. right um 
hurricanes and thunderstorms, mosquitoes and skunks, baby diapers, uh, <laughs> death and sickness, COVID-19. Um, there's a lot that challenges us about creation, right? Um, and I think that's one of the things that we, that have a confession, um, have, it's a challenge to balance that a little bit and understand um, kind of knowing that God is perfect, that God is always there, that God, I mean, we hear and confess, you know, God protects us from all evil and all of this stuff, but we see it happen around us all the time, right? That's one of the challenges that we have in this confession work. So I'm curious to know how you guys balance that. I mean, in your own lives, you have certainly been affected by some of the challenging parts of creation. You have lost people in your lives. You have had certainly um, some close calls. I yep. know, uh, looking at Alice here. Um, Eric, same deal, right? And I mean, we all have. Um, so I'm curious to know how you guys kind of deal with that. I try to remind myself that like, no matter what's happening, everything is happening like for a purpose. I feel like um, if I'm encountered by something that's like not good, I need to like remind myself that God intended everything to be good and sometimes it just doesn't roll out that way. So like, I don't really know how to put it, but like, I feel like I believe that everything that God made was supposed to be good, but sometimes it just ends up not that way. Okay. So that's kind of how I feel on this. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, I would say, going back to my grandfather again, um, I just felt God's presence. I was there when my grandfather passed away. I was holding my grandfather's arm or hand, uh, and I was singing Jesus Loves Me. I'm not a good singer, but <laughs> I was singing Jesus Loves Me, too. I can verify that. <laughs> yeah, I will not sing Jesus Loves Me in this microphone, but I was singing that to my grandfather as he passed away. And just feeling God's presence in a horrible moment like that just brought me peace, that yeah. knowing that my grandfather was going to life after death. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Going back on to that, like, when my mom was in the hospital, it was definitely, like, really, really hard to see. Like, it was it was scary to go into the intensive care unit and, like, see my mom lying there. But, like, I just needed to, like, remind myself that God is still always there. And even though it was so hard to see her at so much distress, it's, like... God didn't go away in this situation. He's still going to be with her no matter what. Yeah. So, like, even at the beginning before I, like, when I didn't know if she was exactly going to make it or not, I knew that if she did happen to pass, she would go up to heaven. So that was kind of like a reassuring feeling to have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really tough tension to find yourself in, right? Uh, where you, where you, of course, cling to what you love, you idolize, all of those things. Um, but yet knowing, and this is really hard, that God loves them more. And I mean, what he has given to each of us beyond life in this side of his kingdom is an amazing promise and an amazing place and 
way to think about being with him. But yet that's the struggle of being human, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a quote that I uh, encountered when I was in seminary, uh, so several years ago, that I, I thought of has always kind of interestingly spoken to this first article. And it's by a theologian by the name of Gerhard von Rod. He was a German theologian that lived a long time ago. Um, But his comment is this, the comparison between people and gods. Uh, Man has stepped outside the state of dependence. He has refused obedience and willed to make himself independent. The guiding principle of his life is no longer obedience, but his autonomous knowing and willing, and thus he has ceased to understand himself as a creature. And that, that to me was something that just kind of shook me a little bit when you understand that you're a creature. Just like a mosquito, a skunk, a giraffe, you are a creature with a certain responsibility that God created you for, right? Uh, that as humankind, God had a purpose for why he created us. We read that. And some people say, well, that's just simplistic thinking or, you know, those kinds of things. But um, I think that's a, that's really speaks into our struggle is we often, one, worship creation over the creator. Um, this is the comment that I hear, and, and I'll say it like it is. I find God on the golf course, or I find God when I'm fishing. But the problem with that is I understand that you love the creation and you understand God's hand in it, but the fish doesn't speak to you and say, you're forgiven. You're my child. Certainly the golf ball doesn't do that either. In fact, is a fellowship a good piece of that yeah, too? You don't say, get fellowship necessarily yeah. right. when you're you out don't on get the golf In fact, you probably use a lot of expletives if you play golf like I do. So you need forgiveness. So I know where I need to be. But the point of the matter, again, is that we kind of forget our role that God created us into. Um, because we want the autonomy. We want the independence. Um, Jeff, if possible, I can, I feel like this is really hitting home with me. (laughs) Um, Many of you know that five years ago, I would not have been caught dead anywhere outdoors. I don't think I had even gone to an overnight church camp or anything. (laughs) Several of us are laughing in the room right now. (laughs) And I was um, chosen to go with the youth to Flathead Bible Camp. She was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's a word for it. Um, And as I was, I think about that every time I hear creator of heaven and earth, because I've often heard people say that I'm closest to God when I'm hiking with my dog, when I'm in the Black Hills, when I'm here. And I'd never had those feelings, Um, but I remember very distinctively that one night we were all sitting around a campfire having a a little Bible study like we did every night, and I just remember hearing the water, seeing the sunshine, the sun setting, the fire, all of us were worshiping together. And at one point, I, my mindset had kind of changed where I was no longer um, so enamored by creation, but rather by us as being created. And so thought of how cool it is that God created the world and then he chose us and created us to take care of it. And um, I just felt rather than 
finding the power in creation, the power being in that fellowship with other Christians, which was really cool. Yeah. I sometimes do say that I feel close to God, but I, I totally wouldn't replace that from church. But like this past year, I needed a refresh. I just needed to be away for a while. And I went to Colorado just by myself, hiking in nature. And that brought me peace. I felt close mm-hmm. to God, something I yeah. needed at that time. Doesn't mean that I didn't need church or anything. I just needed to be out in nature and hike and, and be alone. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm chastising. No, people <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm not saying you are. But yeah. <laughs> but but there's but there is certainly. I mean, there is a. You are a part of creation. There is a. Um. A reenergizing, a centering, you know, a lot of different things that could come about with our time in creation. This is why we talk about camp so much. It's it's a unique way that we can be in creation and yet you know, encounter God, uh, in a unique way. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't know. No, I, don't I, I, I no, that. I know you weren't, I wasn't, <laughs> I'm getting on my soapbox now. Uh, no, but it's, it's interesting. Like I said, where we are challenged. It's an addition thing. It's not yeah, an, it's an, an, instead of both. And, <laughs> yeah. Not a, instead of, yes. right? Right. yeah, I, um, but I think the important part about that is, is just, coming kind of full circle is it's about your confession right um and and your confession generally comes about by that word being uh put on you that says nothing separates me from you nothing i've sent my son to love you and redeem you and forgive you and that is my word on you and and of course that isn't found necessarily out there so very true mm-hmm. what what camp can i ask? I go to riverside okay it's yeah it's yep. in like story city yep. iowa okay yep well good caitlin you got anything not really <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh yeah i tough act to follow <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> I think that I'm just going to bring up a little portion. I've been on several mission trips and just the struggles that you see in these countries and the people they go, all the struggles they go through, yet you see the beauty that God has painted around them and just the the vibrancy they have for life and and they care for the, the nature and everything around them so differently than some people do. Yeah. Eric, I, I, thanks for bringing that up. You and I have traveled together a couple times. Um, um, especially the Columbia. And we have talked about this actually in the past that there's there's a struggle there that we can't fathom in in that population of people just because of the the conflict of the drug wars and their their civil uh, issues or civil war that was going on there. Um, but yet when it comes to matters of faith, there is such a bold trust. I mean, a bold confidence in what God is doing and what God has done already that I'm humbled, you know, and, and this is my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, and oftentimes I, I look at my faith and say, geez, I have everything given <laughs> to me on a silver spoon here, and they have difficulty, yet their faith is seems way deeper than mine, Yeah, way stronger. I mean, yeah. it's like 
Oh, me of little faith. Yep, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't I just take more pride in everything that I have, a roof over my head, the food on the table, because a lot of people don't have that, and yet their faith is immensely strong. Yeah, yeah. It humbles me every time I go on a mission trip. So I would highly suggest... Thanks again for joining us today for this Apostles' Creed Lenten podcast mini-series. In our next episode, we'll discuss the second article of the Creed. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Until then, may the peace of Christ be with you always.